EMGM, Vagabond Magazine, Vagabond Media, good morning. It is Monday. Here we are with the editors of Vagabond Magazine, and we are going to be looking at the state of Web3, where things are, what's going on, how things are going. Let's get Quanta up on the stage. Send the request, and I think you should all be up here now. Uh, Riona Morgan, how are you this morning? I am so good. I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here and I'm so happy to be sitting still a little bit and being able to join all of you on this beautiful Monday. I'm so happy. Yeah, you've been uh, you've been kind of moving around a little bit. I think uh, I think we'll come to that in a few minutes, but uh, are you are you steady now? You're back home for the holidays? Yes, back home. Back home, back home and don't have any plans to do anything crazy um in the near future. <laughs> so, nope, I'm here. Well, nothing crazy. Yeah, but there's probably something in the plants. But anyway, E.R. Donaldson, good morning to you, sir. How are you? Good morning. I am doing fantastic. It's good to hear your voice, CD. Um, just enjoying, well, not enjoying, getting back to the, the grindstone after a, uh amazing week where, uh, honestly, just getting to spend some time with my family and really kind of realign personally and spiritually i'm uh i'm really excited to be be back and working on cool things realigning personally and spiritually that is so important i think you're in a you're in a different house now right and you're like your family's all settled everything's going along well there yes sir yeah pictures are on the wall we're all the boxes are unpacked. We're finally settled in. So now comes home improvements, which is a never-ending thing. But uh, I think we're we're pretty much cemented in place. So um, there there's a little bit of joy to be had in that in in that experience now. <laughs> well, home improvement is one of those things that uh, I don't know. It's a pain in the ass always, but at the same time, it's always kind of like you know, it, it's a, there's a certain satisfaction to it. I think um, a certain satisfaction and joy. It like makes us feel manly. I suppose. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's that this is my castle. I'm building the moat. I like it. <laughs> Too awesome. I see our friends Odd Writing. Odd Writings is in the audience. We'll get you up here on the stage uh, as well, sir. And let's see. Add you as a speaker. Also going to, uh, oh, we've got Quanta. Quanta, how are you? You're here. Hey, happy Monday, guys. Oh, my God. I don't know how, you don't know how much I've missed these conversations. It's been such a long while since I've said hello on VMGM, and I really miss being here. It is so enriching, and I feel happy to be here. Yes. We've missed you too, and I can't tell you how nice it is to hear your voice. So you just finished, uh, I think, Holy. Did you say Holy or Holly? But uh, Diwali, and how was all that? No, we we had Diwali on the thirteenth of uh, November, which is pretty late. Usually, it's in October, and it was a beautiful celebration because um, it's a celebration of um, experiencing light and you know the joy within you and to extend that out to your friends and family and strangers you know I mean when I'm traveling by cab and I I wish them happy Diwali it's like they they get a little taken aback but yeah you're just spreading joy so 
it's a good time to to ignite that inner fire and inner joy within you. It's so beautiful. I just had the most random weird thought. You said spreading joy. And I was like, somebody should make a peanut butter called joy. Is there a peanut butter called joy? Because spreading joy. Anyway, that's stupid. Um, God writings. How are you this morning, sir? I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm also glad to be back. I, I, I missed a few, uh, uh, a few of these episodes, uh, you know, because I was crunched with some deadlines. So it's a, uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, I've got to say the deadlines, like the last month. Um, so I completed my NaNoWriMo book, I, it's, and I did it in a faster time than I've ever done it. 55,000 words in 21 days. Um, you know, And whether it's a, a masterpiece or not, probably not. Maybe not yet, but maybe it will be. But it's the fastest I've, I've written a, a full book in 21 days. And so um, now I've got a new stretch goal for next year, you know, to try I couldn't believe how much of my time and how much of my energy and my mental like real estate that occupied. Like it was, it was all consuming and everything else kind of fell by the wayside. We were still, still doing this of course, but and doing everything else, but man, it just really, really took it out of me. Have you guys, have you guys done sprints like that before? I know some of you have done NaNoWriMo, but have you guys ever done writing sprints like of that intensity? Yeah, that used to be how I how I operated, and then my second son was born, and that was uh, kind of the end of that. But yeah, I did uh, NaNoWriMo for like three years running from 2017 to 2020. My last one was uh, just after uh, my oldest was born, and I remember having him on my lap sleeping, him sleeping on my lap while I was pounding through the book. But by the time um, I have three now, so carving out that dedicated writing time has just proven more difficult. I did attempt it this year and did not get very far. I did finish a piece I was working on, but um, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since I've taken on such a Herculean task like that. I'm, I can definitely attest that it is more difficult, um, to do that than I used to when I was a lot younger and were, and was kidless. Uh, but I have, my, all of my kiddos are different varying ages. And so I really do have some really good writing time periodically. And I just do, I dive in and I will write for an entire day all the way into the night. And cause I get in the zone and I just go. And so if if you're, if you're like, where the heck is Rihanna Morgan? What is she doing? That's what I'm doing. I'm writing and I just am not looking at anything else or paying attention to anything else. And I just, I just dive in. And so my family's like, Oh, that's what's happening. That's what's happening. And so I I try to do that rarely, but sometimes I can't help it. Like something just happens and I just go. And so that's so exciting. And I just want to voice a congratulations to both ER and to CD and CD, man, that's phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. I'm so excited um, to just see what comes of this. And so congratulations, wholeheartedly, congratulations. Riona, um, you're the best. Thank you. Quanta, go ahead. Yeah, could you all could you all share what this is about? Because I'm a little lost. What is NaNoWriMo? Sure. Uh, so so every year, and and I don't know when this started. It started in the early 2000s, I think. And um, you know, I I've always said to people, people would say to me, um, "What do you do?" And I would say, "I'm a writer." And 
sometimes they would be like, oh, what have you published? And before I'd published anything, before I'd written a book, they'd be like, oh, who have you published with? What have you written? And it was like, well, you know what? I'm a writer because I write. Like, you know, I'm not a professional writer maybe yet. That's what I used to say. Uh, but but I'm a writer because I write. And I've always felt like that's what it takes. So NaNoWriMo, it stands for National Novel Writing Month in November. Uh, it was a program that started. It's free. It's participatory. You can participate if you want to or not, but they basically have a website and the idea is that anybody can write a book and they set up a timer, they break it up into, you know, sprints. So it's like, I think 1600 words a day over 30 days in November. And at the end of that, you have a 50,000 word novel. So that's, that's the idea is the 30 days of writing a novel and anybody can do it. And I highly recommend that anybody that has an interest in writing a book or who has ever thought like I could write a book or who's ever thought, I can't write a book, that you do it. Because maybe you suck at writing. Maybe you're a terrible writer. Maybe your ideas are terrible. But maybe they're not. You know, Maybe they're great. Maybe they're, like, you're the voice that's waiting to be heard. So get out there and grab it. And the website's there. They do different stuff all through the year. And again, no cost. So it's nanorimo.org. And uh, maybe in a second here, I'll, I'll post that up in the nest. Um, but Riona, uh, you recently like just just got back from a trip. Can you tell us a little bit about your trip and maybe the, uh, the interesting things you saw there? This has to do with Web3, by the way. It does. It does. And so the the motivation for the trip is that um, I guess listeners to the show know that I have a daughter who lives in New York City and she just turned 21 just this last uh, November here late in the month. And um, it coincided very well with uh, our Thanksgiving holiday um, for the the kiddos who are at home still and have school and things like that, they didn't miss two days of school, but I didn't want to miss it. You know, it was a big birthday and I was like, Nope, I was there when she took her first breath and I want to be there when she turns 21 and be part of that with her. And so we, (laughs) we looked to see if there was even any possible way to get tickets out of Montana and how expensive it was going to be. And Oh my gosh, how crazy. And could we all go? And so we bought our tickets on Wednesday. Uh, we flew on Thursday and bam, we were just there. And so that was so crazy. And then we were able to be part of, and this is pulling in the web three stuff. We were able to be part of, um, a lot of the cool cat experiences and activities that we weren't initially intending to be part of because we weren't going to go. And so, yeah, we were able to get tickets out and it was phenomenally inexpensive and it was amazing because it was so last minute. And so that was really, really fun. And so, yeah, um, I'm a cool cat holder and, um, so is my husband. And so we were able to zip over to, um, Macy's itself. They had lots of uh, merchandise choices on sale. And then we were able to, um, the day before the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, the the parade the parade floats and the balloons are set up in sort of a backwards fashion, and so then um, everybody is invited to do the walk along, and you can walk along and see all the floats and see everything, and so that's re- that's what we did um, as like a whole passel of us because. Um, 
we are big theater people and we really wanted to see all of the theater performers. And so we chose to do the walk along um, the night before and then watch the parade so that we could see all the theater performers and hear the singers and all of the stuff and sort of experience that way. And so we did both things. And the energy, I have to say, was so amazing. And it was so much fun. And it was so exciting. And when we were at Macy's, we actually met met just serendipitously um, other cool cat family members, other cool cat people. And they, <laughs> they recognized me. They were like, Oh, hi, Rihanna. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And so it was so funny because they've actually written a book um, that is out and I'll, I'll share it up in the nest so that you guys can see it. And um, it features Cool Cat, a Cool Cat Adventure. And it's a children's book. And so it's really exciting. And it was so fun um, because I got to jump in and help them there at the beginning of the process. And yeah, and here's Klon. I see that, that CD, I think, is sharing some things up in the nest. And, and so years ago um, at NFT NYC, not this last time, but the time previous, um, we were all able to meet up with Klon and Jeej, his lovely person, and just be able to, to you know, it's so, it really sort of feels like this family experience and all of the amazing people who are part of it and everybody, you know, it was just this weekend of cheering and, and cheering for my daughter and cheering for cool cats and cheering for web three. And, and it was just an amazing experience to be immersed in. This is real. This is growing. The, the outreach of this is so phenomenal and amazing. And I'm just so it's like, it's like, Oh, a, a page was turned and then bam, here's web three. Hello, everyone. Come see what you're missing. And it was just beautiful. It was so, so so much fun to be able to be part of it and so much fun to see other people just um, come to it and see it and and feel that feel the joy and and so that goes back to what Wanda was saying spread the joy spread the love and and you could feel like a little a little tick in the change of the tumblers of the universe a little bit to be like oh this is what we could be and so yeah it was it was really really amazing it was really amazing and so yeah so cd i'll pass the mic back well uh that sounds amazing um i see that our friend cryptoversal uh literary editor for vagabond magazine he has joined us cryptoversal you have been busy lately how's how's it going uh, it's going well, CD. Uh, happy uh, Happy Thanksgiving to everyone for a late Thanksgiving, and um, yeah, it's uh, almost into December. I can't believe it. Yeah, that seems really mind blowing. Oh, hey, and you guys know this, but quick technical note: next week we will also be on X, just as we are this week, instead of in our Discord, and I won't be here. So, uh, our friend Riona Morgan. Uh, is going to be hosting. So you know it's going to be great. So tell your friends, tell your family, put up the flyers, let everybody know. Riona Morgan is hosting BMGM next week. And if you miss it, well, you're going to be lame, just like I'm going to be lame by missing it next week. So we have that to say. I'll be missing it because I'm going to be doing a little bit of that spiritual reset stuff. You guys uh, mentioned earlier, E.R. Donaldson, I'm going to be going to a 10-day silent, no-talking, no-tech retreat. 
and I'm going to be um, meditating for 10 days. And when I come back, if my head doesn't explode in the process, then, uh, you know, I'll let you guys know how it goes. Okay, so moving on a little bit, um, there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk about in Web3 related. First of all, I, I love that picture of Klon from the, uh, from the Cool Cats thing uh, up in the nest. If you guys haven't seen it, have a look at that. Uh, it's so cool that Cool Cats, the first Web3 character, the first Web3 IP in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which if you're not American, just know that this is a huge, huge deal. For the past, I don't know, 60, 70 years, maybe longer, um, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade has been one of the biggest events of Thanksgiving. When I was a little kid, which was a long time ago, I used to wake up early so that I could watch because we lived on the West Coast. So I'd wake up early so I could watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. There was no way I was going to wake up at 3 a.m. here in Hawaii to watch it this year. But as a little kid I did in California, I didn't mind waking up at 7 or 8 o'clock to watch it. And that was pretty cool. So pretty neat to see Web3 there. Also pretty neat to see my two oldest Web3 communities, the ones that essentially brought me into NFTs. Both of them have released uh, beta versions of their games that they've been talking about building all along. And I've been obsessively playing both of them lately. And it's really cool to see these projects actually delivering, actually building, actually putting stuff out there that is fun. And this is the thing to remember is like, we, we don't have a lot of patience in web three. We don't have a lot of like we in web three people want it and they want it now and they want to return on their investment now, which that's not the reason a lot of us got into it. We got into it because we like the tech, because we like the art, because we like the community and the investment stuff is fun and it's dopamine inducing, but it's not necessarily why all of us are here, which is why I'm still a holder of doctor who worlds apart from all the way back in 2020. That was my first NFT project. Back in 2020, I like saw Doctor Who was releasing an NFT thing and I I'd, I'd heard of NFTs. I was kind of, they were on my radar and I was like this is this is pretty cool, but I, I don't know about it. And then it was like Doctor Who's going to release a game and I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm in." So I bought a Founders Pass uh, for that. A Founders Token, excuse me, and I collected a lot of the game cards and since 2020 Three years ago now, we've been in that Discord, and collectively, that's where some of my oldest friends in Web3 came from. I've got a couple that go back you know, over a couple decades that somehow we're on this journey together. But, but in that Discord, there's a group of people that have been so great. When, when I first got rugged uh, the first time, which we've all been rugged if we've been in Web3 for a while, first time I got rugged, they were there for me, and... A lot of the stuff that I've done and been introduced to has been through that Doctor Who Worlds Apart uh, community, which is just such a community of great people all over the world. If you guys like the show Doctor Who, if you enjoy the characters of Doctor Who, or if you just like Web3 and great communities of people that are doing different stuff than what you what you typically see in, in a lot of the, the different discords, I highly recommend that. But the game was what I want to talk about. And the Doctor Who Worlds Apart game is so fun. It is so addictive and it's so fun. And it's right now they've, they've downsized it. They've made it a little simpler than it was. And essentially you have cards, you build your own deck, 
and kind of like Magic the Gathering, you're playing this game. But they've made it really intuitive. They've made it fun. The cards give you different skills. You're fighting for planets and points, and it's five rounds per turn, and it's just totally fun. And the, the neat part is that it's going to incorporate the cards that you own, and so you'll get bonuses if you own the cards or if you have you know a more rare version of the card in in the gameplay. This kind of stuff. So it's pretty neat to watch that happening. And I don't know. That's been fun. The other one that has been really fun for me is Battle Pass from Pixel Vault. And we've done a couple of special spaces with the Pixel Vault and Battle Pass community with Moonlings. You can find them at vagabond.substack.com. You can find those spaces and listen to them. And there is a huge community of people that are really excited about this coming together. It's been so exciting. This is another one that launched early 2021. And it started with a comic book, the Punks comic, and then it went into all of these crazy directions. There's been lots of FUD, lots of like disappointment, lots of people angry and bitter. But the truth is they've been building and now they've got this great game that's that are using the characters, using the IP, and essentially it's a it's a battle game where you get in there and you build out loads. Um which what that means if you're not a gamer is, is essentially you you use the the skills and the things that you have the tokens that you have to make your character stronger and decide what they fight with and then they fat they fight each other and you win tickets and with the tickets you could buy further prizes you also win gg which is their good game token and with that you can actually convert that into cash if you want or you can convert your cash into gg which i think is what they want but that's been super fun and then one other one is uh, the Bring Your Own Pills, which is another, it's a weird name, and it's, it's always been a really weird, trippy project. But BYOP is another one that I got into very early, and I bought a pill, and, and who knew what was going to happen? But they've got this racing game where they, they did these BYO ships that are like spaceships and rockets. And they've got this racing game where you race rockets through this course and you earn trip, which is their TRYP, which is their token in the game. And so super fun. So anyway, I hopefully hopefully you guys can hear the excitement in my voice, like to actually be playing the games from these projects, to know that these teams didn't rug us, that they like continued to like build and that they're still building and that they're like on the edge of things. It's so, so cool and so exciting. So that's what I've been doing over this Thanksgiving weekend. I had some time to kill after finishing that that new novel. And yeah, so that's what I've been doing it with. What about you guys? Have you guys been doing any Web3 stuff? Are you excited about? I'm going to shut up for a minute because that's all the hype that you can get out of me for a second. I got to take a breath. Hey, I, I really dig the the excitement and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check out some of the things you mentioned here because um you know as I've mentioned I'm I'm a pretty big gamer but I've been wanting wanting to find something that was up and viable in the uh uh web three space um to check that out. So both, both of those projects sound really interesting. Um I kind of took a break from Web3 last week. Um, we, talked, we talked a little bit about some of the financial news and the, hap- and the happenings that were going on during last week's podcast. But one thing that I saw that was kind of Web3 adjacent AI related, uh, a, a writer's group of mine dropped this uh, project called Untold. Essentially, it's a, I imagine it's a chat GPT based chatbot that lets you have a choose-your-own-adventure-style narrative 
So it was, it was kind of interesting, right? Because when, the, when they're, they, they don't say, okay, you have to have a fantasy story. You don't, you know, or you have to have sci-fi, like they give you some suggestions, but it seems like the engine will actually put up prompts all over the place. And the early ones are very much like, okay, you know, what do you want to do? What's happening? What, what's the, what's the plan? And it kind of just regurgitates back at, back at you. But then when you start getting to where you actually have some NPCs developed, uh, and you just type in dialogue options, it was actually, uh, I was, I was surprised by how innovative the, the engine could come up. It really, come, the, the things that it could come up with, it kind of made me wonder what it was tra uh, trained on. So talking about different applications for that, I hardly, you know, I think that there is still something to be said for the level of fiction that it has because it's by nature very simple. But it's something I'm going to keep my eye on because I imagine what they're doing is they're going back and, and continuing to develop based on how the users are using it. It's really inexpensive. I think it's like 99 cents a month to uh, to get involved and to play with th these things. And, you know, if you, if you got 10 seconds on your phone, you have the Messenger app up anyways. It's a, a nice way to kill, you know, kill a couple minutes of your life um, and be somewhat entertained. One uh, one application, I was talking with a buddy of mine, um, again, big big gamer nerd here, using this to kind of mock up some D&D uh, &D or other role uh, tabletop role-playing game uh, character responses because that's what it remind, reminded me of most was just the the type of simplistic dialogue that you would have if you were uh, the dungeon master for like a tabletop game. So um, I'll keep an eye on it. I'll let you guys know what you think, but um, I can also drop the link over and I'll drop in the, uh, the Vagabond server here. Cause I don't know how to use the nest, but um interested, very interested to see what, um, what this type of technology ends up doing. That's really cool, man. Um, I, by the way, to use the nest, you just uh, you go to the thing, you use that little, uh, you go to the timeline, and and you use that little up arrow, and you just select BMGM, um, and it'll go in there. But I think dropping it in the server is probably a better idea. So that's actually that's my favorite kind of game. I mean, that was my first computer games way way back in the day. It was like Oregon Trail and Zork playing text based, you know kind of rpg but text-based and my favorite my favorite game of all time is called kingdom of loathing which i think i've talked about on here before and it's just it's a ridiculous text-based game but it's so complex so it sounds like this is like kind of heading in that direction is that right yeah that that was exactly what it, it reminded me of where it's uh, it's totally open, you know, open-ended where it's like, okay, you, you come to a door, what do you do? Um, one of the things that I'm, I'm curious as I play more is if it'll ever allow you to lose, which, you know, you, if I, if I wasn't such a, uh, a princess about my, about my characters and, and this fake little story I'll never use, I'd, I'd try to do some off the wall things and see if it would let you lose. Cause right now it's like, okay, you know, you have a monster, what do you do? Well, now I have a laser sword and I'm going to rally the troops and go fight it. And it seems kind of eager to please. I think that that is one area where the platform could really get some improvement where you can actually attempt actions and fail. Right now, in all of the scenarios I've come up with, it hasn't let me fail anything. Um, 
but yeah, I agree. Like it reminded me of the old text based role playing games. That's, that's almost exactly what it feels like. Okay. So I've, I'm never going to get the image of Princess E.R. Donaldson out of my head now. <laughs> You're like the last person I would ever picture as a princess, but it's it's very hey. funny. Um, thanks for that. Just call me your majesty. <laughs> I think on the, uh, on the, uh, on the web three stuff that I've been doing is, uh, it's essentially I've been I've been finishing up uh, Murder by Locomotive, which is kind of a, a mix between Web two and Web three, uh, where I, in, in which I'm I'm publishing a, a book, uh, an ebook, you know, through Amazon and and uh, uh, Apple and, and these kind of places. But I wanted to mix it with Web three by having a series of NFTs also associated with the book. And then linking the, the NFTs with the book and vice versa, right? That was that was the idea, and that's still the idea. However, I've discovered uh, to my dismay that uh, at least on Smashwords, when I use I use Smashwords as a distributor, and what what so I can I can make an ebook on Smashwords, and then they're the ones that send it to uh, Apple and Barnes and Noble and a, and, and a few other other smaller stores. Um, they're very particular about what links you include in the ebook, right? Because they don't want to offend uh, the the stores that are that are you know that they're sending stuff to. Um, well, it turns out that if you have a direct link to an NFT marketplace, they don't like that, <laughs> and they and they want you to remove it. Um, but if you have a link to your blog, that's fine. And so uh, basically, I have. Uh, I wanted to have direct links. You know, I, each each page of the book has has a, a graphic associated with it, and I wanted to have a direct link to the NFT of the graphic. But now I, I can't have that. So instead, I have a page that's sort of more uh, a general purpose page that says, "Oh, there are digital digital collectibles associated with this. If you want to find out more, you can go here to this link, and that goes to my blog. You go to the blog, and then from there you can get to the links. That is okay with them." Uh, and uh, because I wanted the Amazon version to be similar to the Smashwords version, I basically use the same the, the the same text for both. I could have attempted to make the Amazon version include the direct links and see if they would kick it off, but uh, I was running tight on the deadlines. Part of them, which were, were for these books, and so uh, I decided not to try it. But I think maybe for the next one, um, I'm thinking of a, of, of what ways I can better mix web two and web three uh, using this format um, because I'm afraid that the more steps people have to take in order to get to the NFTs, the less they're likely to get there. You know, there's like a drop off rate of uh, 80% or something of every time you go through it. Uh, that was, that is, that, that has been the, the source of my deadline crunch. Um, why, why do you, I mean, what do you think is the reason why people uh, in Web 2 are not open to embracing Web 3? I mean, it can work in collaboration. I mean, are they threatened or, you know, I can't fathom this. Yeah, I think I think at least at least uh, at least where I live in, in America, it has a very uh, uh, negative connotation. There's a lot of people running around that still think that 
it's it's bad for the economy and the nft people are all bad and they're putting artists out of work and and so it has it has this negative thing where you know if you mention nft a lot of people just run and so at that point you know you start calling it a digital collectible and hope that maybe that <laughs> that somehow hides the issue but what really surprised me was that the the nft marketplaces they're not in direct competition with apple or with amazon and it, you know i can understand if they didn't want a link that was a direct competition like you know amazon's not going to want to have a book that that has links directly to apple or directly to some other bookstore i can understand that but uh to to not want the nft link seems uh, i don't know i'm not sure what the reasoning is behind it but uh but yeah, it's there is it's it's a, it's a minority of people I think that are that are very anti NFT that are in Web two, uh, and most people just don't know enough about it or they're misinformed. Uh, but I think I think most just are are unaware basically. Okay, I got it. Thank you. Um, so I want to share actually something, and it's related to what uh, George has mentioned, but this is something on a personal front and I'm really excited about it. So I have just completed an embroidery project and I will be creating a digital certificate um, to offer my client. And it's my first, my first ever attempt to introduce a Web3 token to a client who is unfamiliar with its purpose. Uh, they haven't asked for it. I haven't even said, I'm going to give this to you. It is a certificate I am offering to them as a proof of authenticity. It has um, details about who made it, how it was made, how long it took, uh, when it was made, and who the owner is. So I am like pretty keen to see how it goes. I I'm going to try and explain this to the client, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to say NFT, but I'm still going to stress on the digital certificate, um, the word digital certificate. Let's see how this goes. Quanta, bravo, bravo, really, like that's what it takes. And I mean, what George mentioned about people being anti-NFT, it's not just that they're anti-NFT, it's that in 2017, when crypto sort of became a, a little bit more mainstream, there were bad players, but there were also people that were scared of it and they wanted control of it. And so there was a lot of press that was sent out that like, you know, said things that, that were true, but in a misleading kind of way, like that money laundering and criminal organizations and terrorist organizations were all using crypto, which is true, but those organizations also use fiat money. You know, they use regular money too, and they, they launder money with car washes, but nobody was saying like, let's boycott car washes. Um, so so all of that misinformation was put out there. And what it's going to take to change that, to combat that, is exactly what you're doing, exactly what George is doing. And that is introducing this to people as what we all see it as, which is a useful tool that has some very useful implications, some useful ways of doing things. You know, the way that George is connecting his art and also his poetry to Web3 in an immutable kind of way and the way that you're creating a digital certificate for your work. And that is 
that's what it's going to take. That's what we need to do. We need to be innovating, creating, and implementing things, and in a slow, easy, useful way so that people see, oh, this is a really neat technology that has lots of implications and lots of use cases that, that we hadn't thought about. So bravo to you. It sounds really exciting. I I think it's going to be, you know, it's, it's pretty neat. An embroidery project like that with some on-chain uh, certificate of authenticity telling about you, the maker, and, you know, the process. Such a cool thing. I'm really excited. And, and really, I can't say bravo enough, but I'll say it one more time. Bravo. Thank you. I'm going to keep you all updated on what the reaction was. So I have a question, Quanta, to follow up with this. This embroidery project that you do, it's clearly a one-of-one, right? Because you can't mass-produce those. That's really difficult to do because it's such a handmade art. Do you sell those other places? Are they? Do you have an online store? How does that work? Like, If someone wanted to collect the actual physical piece of yours versus you know, so that they have opportunity for the, for the NFT or the digital collectible also, please, how, how do we find these things? Um, so, okay. So there are, there are two things that I have seen in, um, uh, one is there is a digital artwork and which is an NFT. And with that, when you, when you buy that, you get the physical product. But the way I work is I create the physical product and I provide the certificate for that physical product. It's because you have a physical product, I want to issue a certificate of authenticity with that product. So these are all made to order. These are customized pieces. This particular project I'm talking about, um, these are actually... Cabin, embroidered cabinet doors. I mean, it's for interiors. So it is, uh, it is a one-of-one. One. It is a specialized um, piece of work that, is, that goes along with the interiors of the room. Um, my, my work sphere is, uh, is highly customized. It's bespoke, even the clothing. So it is not something... It, it's not like I sell a digital design and then I make a physical product. It works that way. Does that help? Yes, yes, that is amazing. That is amazing. Uh, I feel like we we have learned some new things about what you're doing in your world. That is just beautiful. That is beautiful. And I wanted to to jump in and talk with George about his project. And that is something similar. I have a new book coming out on Yule, the celebrating um, the Celtic festivals, that series. I have a new one coming out for Yule. And I'm going to do the same thing that I did with celebrating Samhain, very similar um, NFTs that go along with the book. And um, and so I'm, I'm interested, and I wanted to talk about this tomorrow on Web3 Writers Hour, and so maybe I'll just stop talking about this today, but I wanted to mention, while it's fresh in my mind, with T2, the writing project that we have going there, I'm also doing NFTs that go with that, and so maybe I'll, I'll just table this for tomorrow, but um, George, I hope you come come tomorrow too, and we can talk about this kind of in depth on how we're combining Web2 
and Web3, how we're bridging that. And so, yeah, that is so exciting. Yeah, I'm definitely going to make an effort to and uh, make an effort to make it. Uh, I should be able to, but you never know with my sleep pattern, uh, things can get weird. <laughs> is your sleep pattern different than most people's? Yeah, well, I mean, part of part of it is there's some medication that I take, and it and it and it affects uh, I it affects the ability to sleep, and uh, normally it's not an issue. But depending on what comes up, and especially if there's something I need to do, and I and it shifts my normal pattern, uh, then I, it can be uh, it can be hard for me sometimes to wake up at a, at a reasonable hour. Uh, but that's that's really it. Only happens every once in a while, so I'll I'll probably be able to make it. Good. We love having you there, and Riona talk as much as you want about anything that you want here. Um, authored style. Nice to see you here. We're always happy to see you here, sir. Um, yeah. And Quanta, I see your hand up. Go ahead. Uh, yes. I have a question for, for everyone here. I want to know is what is the purpose behind, uh, y'all creating an NFT and then creating a physical copy of that, um, I mean, it, it's like, um, so Riona, you mentioned that you are creating a book and then you are also releasing NFTs uh, with that book. So could you all just, could you all help me understand this? Uh, yes, definitely. And so it's very much um, for the, the, the entire purpose is to bridge from web two to web three. When we look at the, larger population of who is reading and where they are reading, the readers are still in Web 2. They're still utilizing their Kindle. They're still utilizing uh, um, all of the other Apple books and, and Google digital, Google books and all of that kind of stuff. And so my goal is to start the process of bridging them to web three so that they have an opportunity, a safe opportunity to collect something that is um, maybe it's free. All of the, all of the, the NFTs that I have put out there so far that deal with the books that I'm writing are free. And I'm doing that so that it's a safe option that people don't feel like that they're taking this huge risk, but they also get something lovely out of it. And I chose Scent because as the platform for the NFTs, because Scent is, you can just enter an email address and they create a wallet behind the scenes for the collector. Um, but it's very, very simple. And then if they do, if I do start charging in the future and I may, I may put some sort of, um, uh, collage together. I don't know. It, it's just, it's just the more people I can, I can pull in or the more people I can entice or the more people I can invite, the more educated they become about the space. And I'm trying to do it in a very safe way in a very enticing way so that they're like, Oh, well, this is really beautiful. And I just get this. And how does this work? And it's a very limited edition. I only, I think I only do 10 or 15 of them at a time. And, and so, yes, that's my purpose. And George, I see that you've got your hand up. Please jump in. Yeah, I've been, I've, I'm also using scent as, as, a, as I, I was using scent. Well, I'm still using it as an incentive. <laughs> uh, 
to get the uh, the murder by locomotive thing that I mentioned earlier. Uh, but I did notice one thing which was quite curious, and I wanted to I wanted to mention it here before I forget. Uh, so when you when you make something on scent, uh, right now, at least for me, it, I, I, I'm assuming it's doing it for everybody. It used to be that you could make something on scent, and then if you wanted to trans to uh, transfer a copy out to OpenSea or to an external, so that people could get it in an external wallet if they have an external wallet, they you would have to uh, initiate this transfer by clicking on this little icon of a, of a little boat. Um, well, now it does it automatically. So as soon as I put something on Mint, it transfers a copy of that both to OpenSea and also to Rarible. Um, and so uh, when I go to OpenSea, you know, there's there's various ways within Scent where you can find out the address of, of where it's where it's going to. So because it's it's since it's a uh, since it's a uh, uh, a wallet behind the scenes, you know, it doesn't look like your wallet. But, but the thing is, if you, if you, uh, when you create your NFT, if you say, okay, I want to own the first version of the NFT and here's my wallet, then when it transfers over to OpenSea in Rarible, it includes you as an author uh, or as a, as a collaborator on that. So that means when you go to OpenSea, if you're a collaborator, you can then change stuff about the project on OpenSea. And then you can also change, you do the same thing on Rarible. Well, what I found out was uh, when you put something on OpenSea, um, Coinbase is also indexing that. And so that collection is also gonna show up on Coinbase. Now, here's the big difference. When I have uh, on Scent, uh, I, didn't, I didn't want, of course, I didn't wanna have the NFT on Scent be identical to the NFT that I put on Polygon, right? I mean, they're 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 I, they had to be different because I don't <laughs> I don't want to have these two different two identical things selling out there. So so uh, on the scent one, I have an image, a smaller image of what the normal NFT for that page looks like, but before I've modified it with sizing and with some words, and then I put HTML all around. Uh, on the sent version that contains links that, that you can do. Okay, so when the NFT transfers to, to OpenSea and uh, Rarible, it does so correctly. So you see all that HTML, but it looks like when Coinbase is indexing it, it's stripping out the HTML. And it may be doing that for security reasons, but the end result is that once it transfers over to, over to uh, uh, Coinbase, it looks almost identical to the one that's on, you know, wherever else you put it, like Polygon, uh, and so Coinbase has been flagging it. They've been, they've been take, they've been, they'll, they'll index it, and then they'll say, oh, this, this, this uh, breaks our rules. You know, you'll have to, you know, come back to us about breaking the rules or whatever. Now, you know, I, ha I have a Coinbase account. It hasn't affected that account at all, the, my Coinbase NFT account. But I'm wondering if at some point it's gonna, it's gonna give me some bad karma on their side and they're going to think I'm doing something nasty. So I tried to modify the uh, project page, uh, the collection page on Coinbase to say, okay, here's how this this appeared on Coinbase. Coinbase indexed it from OpenSea and OpenSea, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I described the whole thing. But of course, the thing that's, that's marking it as questionable on Coinbase's side is some kind of bot. 
And it's obviously not, it's not a person that's reading this stuff because even though I explain it all, it, it marks it off anyways. So just, just a little side effect, uh, a, little, a little thing to note that uh, when you do use scent, um, those, those posts you're putting on scent are being indexed by all three of those. And uh, you may want to check, double check and make sure that uh, nothing untoward is happening on those other platforms. Yeah, I'm going to jump in here on that because scent, um, as much as I love it, I've been I've been doing a couple of projects. So I've been doing the Bald Jesus stuff. I've also started put, putting the uh, the audio from our Bald Jesus Sunday sesh onto baldjesus.scent.co. So if you want to listen to the Sunday sesh, you can listen to it there. Uh, you can collect it. And the Bald Jesus ones are free. I try to throw out some seasonal and, and whatever. Uh, but then on my personal Scent page, which is vagabond.scent.co. I've been doing uh, a series of, you know, generative art, uh, Illuminati. So I'm taking the people, you know, and Illuminati. Uh, hopefully, you guys are in the Vagabond Discord, and you know that Illuminati is like it's a manufactured thing. It's all kind of been fun, but some people take it serious. But look, conspiracy theories don't buy into them. Okay. Not even the Illuminati, which is the biggest conspiracy theory. And I posted an article on the VM discord that you guys can check out. And it talks about how that started and the background of it all. But anyway, I've been doing this Illuminati art of people who are in the Illuminati. And it's been a lot of fun to do that. And I noticed the same thing that George noticed. As soon as I connected my wallet to, uh, to my sent account, it started delivering those NFTs directly to my wallet, you know, so I, my regular wallet that I use on Coinbase, um, not on Coinbase, but on OpenSea is actually like now showing these sent NFTs, which is cool because now they're going directly to my wallet. But what's still not cool, and Cryptoversal knows this as well, what's still not cool is that Scent needs to figure out a way that we can create a collection and have all of the art from that collection. Every one of my Illuminati is a separate collection so it's a collection of you know however many you know three two taylor swift illuminati and that's a separate collection and then the the um the mark zuckerberg illuminati is a separate collection they're all separate collections and what i really want is to be able to put those all in one collection which is like the vagabond illuminati or whatever and let that be and i think that's the problem that that bot is flagging you for on there, George, is that right? Or is it, is it more the duplication issue because it looks like they're duplicates? I think that's the duplication thing. I, I wrote an article where I say it's totally cool to and from my point of view, to have the same NFT on different blockchains, right? Because to me, that's to me, it makes more sense to me as, as long as the person knows the provenance is, is involved in all of these. I suspect it has more to do with provenance because even though the NFTs I'm putting on the different blockchains are slightly different, I put a, a I put a watermark on the top right that contains the name of the blockchain that it was originally meant to be on. So, for example, on Tezos, I've got I've got this page on Tezos or, or NFT on on Tezos, and it has Tezos up at the top. There's one that looks very similar, but on the top right it says Polygon, and then another one very similar at the top right it says Base. What I think it's doing is the Polygon one is the one that is getting confused because Scent uses Polygon underneath. And so it looks like there's a collection of these things on Polygon and then another one on the same blockchain. And it's not noticing the watermark at the top, especially because I try to make it kind of faint so that it wouldn't interfere with the, uh, with the, with the image. But uh, 
that's 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 kind of how I interpreted it. But also your your mention on on the way the collections are handled. I raised that exact issue on a call with uh, with Scent, but it was like maybe almost a year ago. So I know that they've had people, you know, mentioning this, and I think maybe it's. I'm guessing that it's design wise, it would, might 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 be kind of difficult for them to change it. But I know that other people have 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 mentioned the same thing uh, to them about you know the way they collect, the way they're creating the collections could could be different. Well, I know Cryptoversal Books, uh, Wordler Village, like you know, I think it was like the largest nft collection ever produced at one point right cryptoversal like i don't know if you can talk right the, now. The, the largest i think the largest literary nft collection yeah so so having that all as one collection kind of a big deal um and you probably brought that up to scent as well right it, you know it's been it, i i've a number of times i've i've made it known that yeah this is a wish list item and i just don't think it's compatible with whatever they're doing on their back end um they 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 used to put everything into one big collection whether you wanted it to or not which is why the original wordler collection got so big um something like like 20,000 um individual nfts um uh, but then they they updated it to the to their next version of the platform um and we have this this current uh, system of every every nf and every edition is its own collection um it's nice that that you know it's it's minting directly into people's wallets and it's allowing creators to go into OpenSea and rarible and 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 update the collection page um and and it you know there there are some really great features and i love scent and i love using it and I'm using it for the for the Cryptoversal Tarot collection, um, but yeah, there's, it's still there's still a couple of wish list items that uh, that hopefully they'll bang out in the future. Oh, see, that's interesting. I didn't. Um, I thought it was always like this. So before, it all used to be that one collection thing, and then they they changed it to help people into the separate collection thing. That's really interesting to know. Well, at least at least we know that they're responsive and like you. It's a wish list thing, but man, I love Scent. It's it's got to be between Scent and Substack. Th those are the two best platforms out there, in my opinion. I just absolutely love both of them, and Warpcast also. But um, but Scent and Substack, way way over. What about you guys? Any other platforms that you guys like? Warp Warpcast, Substack, Scent. What do you love? Oh gosh, I agree with all of those. I really like I really like Substack. I really like Scent and I really, you know, I just I'm on my I'm always looking for what else is out there, but then I always come back to to Scent and Substack and I'm liking T2 a lot. I'm liking that that interface and the and I I wish though with T two that there was a way to search for the author like I want to jump in and I want to read CD stuff or I want to read cryptoversal stuff and and um so that that's a wish list I have for them <laughs> um, but no I'm I I agree with you one hundred percent yeah the more the more I use T two the more I'm liking it as well at first at first I wasn't quite into it because I write mostly poems and not and not uh, essays. But uh, because of this this contest that we're in, it's I've been using it more, and now I now I kind of like it more than I did before. Uh, 
the other the other one I like a lot, which which is not specifically Web three, but it's it, it's a, a night cafe uh, for for generating AI. It is somewhat connected with NFTs because it allows you to automatically mark your creation as being sellable as an NFT, and then you can put in the link to where they can buy it. So there's a little bit of connection there, um, but I, I really like that platform. Wait, George, talk about that because I use Night Cafe, but I I hadn't seen that feature. I mean, I'm I'm the kind of user that goes in, figures out how to use something, you know, by experimentation, and then starts using it without ever reading the documentation. So how how does that work? That's a really cool feature. Yeah, go go into once uh, once you once you generate a a, a, a work of art <laughs> or or a, or a, you know an AI generated thing, uh, go go ahead and edit edit the thing. And scroll down. I think it may be in an advanced options. There's there's some stuff it tries to hide, but open up all the advanced options, and you'll see that there's something there that says uh, you either have a choice of providing people the ability to uh, hang the the a printout of the of the artwork at you know like on the wall, or to sell it as an NFT. And they don't they don't handle anything about the printouts. I think I've never messed with it, but I think it's something you have to do separately. Uh, but the NFT thing, if you click it's that it's available as an NFT, it'll it'll open up a little box and you can just put in the direct link to uh, whatever NFT marketplace you have. And uh, I've never had anybody buy an NFT through Night Cafe, uh, and I'm wondering how many of those people are actually turned off by the nft because it's like you know oh the bad thing about nfts you know so for a while i was experimenting i had some of them sellable as nfts and others not sellable as nfts and i wanted to see if one got more likes than the other <laughs> but but i could I, I couldn't really tell but there is there is a way to link it there um, and i think there's also a way for people to search only for nfts so if you if you want to if you want to find something that's as an nft i think you can search for it but don't quote me on that i'm just going off the of memory really cool thanks yeah i found it uh your description is pretty easy just go into edit and you go down and it has a buy link that you can actually publish in there and save it um which is pretty neat i'm gonna start using that well we're reaching the end of the hour you guys this has been a fun hour and you know vmgm this is a chance for all of us as, as the editors and the readers and the contributors to Vagabond Magazine and all of our friends out there in Web3. This is a chance for us just to talk story every week. That's all this is. It's it's us getting together. You know, It's a team meeting open for the world, essentially, because we want you to be part of our team. So you know, spread the love. Come join the Vagabond Magazine Discord. Come uh, check out what we're doing in other places. Check out vagabond.substack.com calm and you know follow everybody that's here because these are interesting cool kind people who want you to win and you can't ask for much more than that in life right interesting cool kind people that want you to win it's a win 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 so that's all i have for this week you guys i want to let you guys go ahead and close it out uh share anything that you want to share and i'll see you tomorrow for the web3 writers hour which will be here on x but uh, after that, I won't see you for a while. So sayonara, aloha, and goodbye. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, so much for coming. And if you're listening now or in the future, we are so happy that you're with us. And we can't wait for next time. Much love, everybody.
Thank you, everybody, and uh, have a fantastic week ahead. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, all. I'm out of here.